presented by Champions Round. What is going on? My name is Jason Gold. You are listening to Gambling with Gold. And as always, I am joined by my buddy from the Action Network, Dan Titus. Dan, we just watched the NBA Draft Lottery and the Orlando Magic won once again and screwed me out of a plus 550 bet on the Oklahoma City Thunder because I'm a pure degenerate. Uh, I got a little spice out of it. They finished in second. The Rockets get the third pick. Sacramento Kings get the fourth pick. What do you think? What's your initial reaction to that order of the draft lottery? Um, I think the Magic definitely struck gold once again. I'm curious to see where they go. I wouldn't be surprised if it was like a Pablo Banchero, uh, being that they're not probably going to re-up with Mo Bamba. So I think he would be a really nice fit there. But Thunder, they they definitely have a shot at uh, getting Chet Holmgren. I think that that would be a really cool fit with Shea Gilgis-Alexander and what they're rebuilding there. Um, Super skinny, but I think that this guy, he was talking about it before the telecast that uh, he thinks he could be a 50-40-90 guy. And I don't know, man. I think he, there's some Slim Reaper in him, a little bit of Durant. But, uh, yeah, we'll see how, how it translates in the NBA. But definitely excited for what the Thunder do because they have a slew of picks over the next several years. Um, the Rockets, number three, that's actually pretty exciting. I think they're going to be able to pair up a nice player there to uh, continue to build out that that unit, which is certainly star-studded with um, Jalen Green there and and Alper and Sagoon and a couple other pieces that they can really build around and Kevin Porter Jr., et cetera. Kings lucked out number four. Like that's definitely going to be good for their prospects after they got rid of Tyrese Halliburton for peanuts um, last season. So they're going to have to uh, make a splash there. Um, but you know, they got a new head coach in Mike Brown. We'll see if he can bring some of that magic that he brought to Cleveland. That was mostly LeBron, but you know, that the Kings certainly always have work to do. And then the Pistons, I think that they lucked out too. They're going to have a really nice formula to build around in Cade Cunningham and getting a number five pick. Always good to get a top five draft selection, but Got to shout out the Knicks here, number 11, another shit pick for them. Uh, <laughs> don't make the playoffs. Plus, you know, you get you get that, that late round, uh, late lottery pick there. Um, so I'm sure they were probably hoping for something better. Um, and the Pelicans is kind of interesting at eight. I'm curious what they're going to do. You know, who who knows what they might uh, be looking to do on, on draft night with Zion obviously wanting out. Do they keep them? Do they not? You know, number eight, certainly something you could play with with some draft capital if you want to uh, try to trade them on draft night. I My initial reaction was, well, one, fuck Orlando. Like, that team should not be rewarded <laughs> for sucking. And really disappointed. I wanted that plus 550 to hit. I think Oklahoma City kind of won, even though they didn't get the number one pick. They won that Orlando's going to have the first pick because I think all along they want Chet. And yeah. there's no chance that Orlando takes Chet. So if no, you're, they've drafted enough big men over the last like decade for them to uh, draft another one. That is not going to happen. So uh, at least I think it's not going to happen. So if you're going to go look and try to bet on the number one overall odds, I would target Jabari Smith and Paolo Banchero. Yep. I actually think they'll Man. go Banchero and then Chet will go too. I think that's a perfect fit for SGA, Giddy, Chet. That is a really nice young really board is. to build around. Three probably Jabari Smith to pair with Jalen Green if for the Rockets. And then four, it'd be interesting to see what Sacramento wants to do with De'Aaron Fox because the obvious pick there would be Jaden Ivey. Uh, but, I, but, you know, the whole reason that they didn't take Lucas because they believed in De'Aaron Fox so much as their primary ball handler. Do I, you know, it's, this is a waste of my time to guess what Vivek. <laughs> We're and definitely going to have another yeah, pod exactly. about, 
NBA draft selections coming up here very soon. But I think now at least that we got the order. Now we can do some more digging into player profiles, fit, you know, whatever's going on in the beat writers. You know, I think that that's going to definitely give us a lot of information before we got to make these bets. All right. So before we get to the, we're going to talk about NBA conference finals. We just talked about NBA draft. We're going to talk about some future stuff and we're going to talk about NFL week one, just because it's gambling. We got to talk about NFL week one. Why not? What stood out from the schedule release? Before we get to that, I have two things. First up, on the Champions Run app right now, we have two things going on. The Daily Dozen, uh, we have started to test that product. It is live. That is 12 props, 24 hours. So right now you can make the picks for the Warriors game tomorrow. 12 props are up right there right now. We'll have some cash games going on later on. But that is up. Go to our app and check that out. We will also be having a Daily Show that starts out in two weeks for that. So stay tuned for that. We also have an NBA future seven six that runs through the NBA draft that is alive right now on the champions round app. And we are giving away a Giannis signed Jersey for that one. Big, 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 big giveaway for us there. Um, The second thing, before we get to the conference finals, I wanted to ask you, because this game in Miami hasn't really started yet. What are we going to do in Philadelphia? What's going to happen? You're the Philly guy. You said Philly in six. Our last podcast, I told you, I, that prediction was so good, was Spo is just going to absolutely kick the shit out of Doc for two games. It's exactly what, what happened. happened. Looks, like Doc's, what happened. <laughs> looks like Doc's going to come back. We don't know what they're going to do about Harden. What do you think happens in Philly? Yeah, I think, uh, I don't know, I think that's kind of smoke. I don't, I don't think it's really been set in stone what Daryl Morey really wants to do about Doc Rivers. I think Doc Rivers has already made it pretty clear um to the media how much he's been disrespected in philadelphia and i I think he's ready to move on to another situation um even though maury is definitely in his corner saying he's going to bring him back i don't believe it so i'm not i've actually been looking at offshores all over the place to find where i can bet that doc rivers is not going to be the coach of the sixers because like this (laughs) is the perfect time to do it because they're just continually backing and saying it's going to happen but um in terms of the sixers long term like I would love to see them trade Tobias Harris in the offseason. I think that the Oklahoma City Thunder would be a great trade partner. The Sacramento Kings would be another great trade partner. Um, I just don't know. I think that people will will definitely be interested in his max contract, like those those teams that can actually absorb that contract. But it's about what's in the return. And I think that's what's going to be the hardest for the Sixers is that they don't have a, a ton of cap flexibility. They don't have a ton of young assets to partner with Tobias Harris. So, um, they're more, this is why you got Daryl Morey, right? Like he's supposed to be the one that's be able to make these moves, have these conversations. He brought in James Harden. That's another huge decision that they're going to have to make. He's obviously going to opt into $45 million or whatever he's owed next year. But then the question becomes, do you give, the, give him that extension or do you, you know, ultimately let him walk And As far as I'm concerned, I think you got to let him walk, man. That's going to be a really hefty payday. You have to get to a guy that's clearly lost a step is not the same guy that he was when he was MVP Harden. He's more of a facilitating point guard. You can get a point guard anywhere, and this is like really a a point guard's league. We're seeing Luka Doncic just absolutely terrorize the NBA. And right now, like, I don't know, man. It was was the year of the big man with Jokic and Embiid, but I don't know how much longer we're going to actually see that thrive and flourish if we're talking NBA championship contenders. All right, so Harden probably on his way out. I guess. I guess in one, a year, one year, year, one, one year, year, just what happens. Yeah. So you, there's no interest on your behalf to explore a sign and trade with Harden at this point. Uh, I would. I, I just I'm curious about the fit because 
I think the world, I think the world has seen how he's lost a step. He's just a different player. So you're going to be buying into quite an expensive amount of, of uh, investment there for a guy that's 33. Doesn't really take the game that serious. Like he's going to have to change his game, develop a mid range jump shot, something. Um, but I, yeah, I would absolutely explore a sign, explore a signing trade. I just don't know that Maury would do that to his boy. If yeah. there wasn't such close ties there, like I feel like, I feel like he's just look, James is looking out for Daryl and Daryl's looking out for James at this point. So I'd be I'd be shocked if he actually didn't re-sign him. Maybe James Harden takes less money. I don't know how much less, but he's rich. He's already rich. Like he doesn't need the money, right? So um, I'd be curious to see what they actually end up deciding to do. All right, so let's move on to Miami and Boston. So that game just tipped off three nothing Boston in the first quarter. This line was originally minus one and a half, got up to plus four and a half, obviously with the injury to Marcus Smart and Al Horford yeah. having COVID or potentially having COVID. We'll see exactly how that situation goes out. That line for the series before that was Boston minus 170, Miami plus 145. So obviously we're going to see what happens. It's five nothing now. Uh, that line shifted down to, I think, Boston close at minus 135 before the game started today. Right. Where do you think, what do you think is going to end up happening in that series? It would definitely throw a wrinkle in the handicap for Al Horford and Marcus Smart being out in game one. I was I saw that you were on uh, Miami Heat money line. I think that makes a lot of sense considering the yeah. game seven trends. It's like 30, was it 32 to 49 of teams? Wait, let me grab the uh, the numbers here. It was... Uh, yeah, if, they, if they play, they play game 34 seven and, on yeah. the road for the next game, yeah. Yeah, 34 and 46 for the teams that are game seven playing in, in the following series in game one. Um, so very, very prominent trend there that, you know, game seven games usually take a lot out of teams and plus you got to travel to a, a team like Miami, who's six and zero in the playoffs, five and one against the spread at home. So, um, I was on Miami, I was on my, Miami minus two. And then once news of that, you know, Horford and, and smart being out jumped up to four and a half. I saw a lot of value in the Miami heat. I think they've been undervalued this whole, uh, just by the market, you know, by them being, uh, plus 140 to win the series before these injuries. It's kind of disrespectful to the number one seed, in my opinion, um, especially for a team that was just two years ago in the NBA Finals. Yeah, according to Pat Bev, that's not really a – that wasn't really an NBA hey, Finals. Hey, Pat Bev, <laughs> go fuck yourself. I won the bubble title. That shit counts. <laughs> LA fans will say, fuck you, Pat Bev. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I just I just think that Spo is a great coach. Ime Udoka has been amazing, you know, the way that he's coached up these Celtics team a team that was like first half of the season, everyone was saying, oh, blow it up. Tatum and Brown can't play with each other. Guess what? They figured it out. They want to be in the best defensive team in the NBA. So, you know, both of these teams, I think, are, are really compelling because they're very good defensively. They can both switch everything. Uh, but not having not having a healthy, completely healthy Robert Williams, even though he's playing tonight, not having Al Horford and Marcus Smart, I got to expect the Heat to go up 2-0 initially. And then that's when it gets dicey. I don't know that I want to bet the series price yet because I think this one's probably going to go 7 as a result of this, of this like home swing that we're probably going to see here. Well, speaking of which, it is now seven nothing Boston. So maybe, maybe this is going to be an absolute blowout of a series. Nah, he will uh, come back. We got it. <laughs> my, my concern for Boston is just like you're. If you lose these first two games and you got to win four or five against this Miami team, this Miami team is tougher than shit. They now. Are. You have Boston that is an elite defensive team, and you have the Heat that struggle on offense. So I'm kind of wondering, from your perspective, who are the X factors that you're looking for on both teams that can help lead them to the NBA Finals here? 
Yeah, I mean, I was just re- really looking at the regular season, and um, you know, Boston took the the regular season two to one with a plus twelve point eight net rating. You know, offensive rating and defensive rating. So the the huge differences between these games is really the swing and the shot variance. And even if you look at the each game, uh, the first game, which the the Boston Celtics won, the Heat shot nine for forty one from downtown, whereas the Celtics shot sixteen for forty one. Um, they only shot thirty five percent. Heat um, Celtics shot forty. And that pretty much uh, continues throughout the regular season. Whatever team shoots better wins the game and the one that wins the turnover battle. And the better shooting, I mean, the the Miami Heat was one of the, the most accurate shooting teams in the uh, NBA this season. The the Boston Celtics guard the three very well, but they also shoot the, free, the three pretty well themselves. So they're pretty evenly matched. But I think that what's going to come down to is um, can Jalen Brown step up for the Celtics because he was amazing against them in the regular season, averaged 3.7, three pointers over 25 points, six rebounds and three assists. Whereas Jason Tatum kind of took the back seat, which we haven't really seen much of. He only averaged 17, eight and uh, four, I believe um, against the, the heat. So I think the heat are really going to try to draw a lot of their attention to Jason Tatum. And then, you know, if Jalen Brown and the X factors beat us, you know, so be it. But on the Heat side, they're they're really going to need Kyle Lowry back. I think he's going to end up being the X factor here. They're likely going to have to engage Duncan Robinson if they get down. Like I see right now, it's still seven nothing uh, Celtics. But you know, if this gets to imagine if the Celtics steal Game One, they're going to have to find more firepower for the Heat because this team is very reliant on Jimmy Butler in the playoffs. Overly reliant. You know, maybe you see more of Victor Oladipo. Tyler Hero definitely struggled against the the Boston Celtics this year. So, you know, they're definitely going to have to have these bench guys step up and have their veteran leader in Kyle Lowry come back. All right. So take out the seven to two score right now, seven to four now. Uh, where would you put your money on for the series? What's your prediction? My prediction is heat and seven. Heat in seven. I like that too. I was leaning towards the heat. I almost put a serious bet on it, but. I, I couldn't quite pull the trigger. Boston's just playing I, you're, so you're right. well. I'm, I'm not there yet, but I, I need to see like the first the first couple games. I think are really going to help. It's going to help or hurt our position, right? I, I don't think it's going to get too much worse. Um, all right, Brown hit a three. Need that. Um, <laughs> add Brown over two and a half threes, man. Three three point seven in the three games already, and you're going to put it at two and a half. Come on, man. Um, easy money. Easy money. Um, but yeah, like I, I agree with you. Like I, I think it's these teams are so evenly matched defensively. And like, I, I bet the under on this game as well. I think these, both these teams are going to be very active, aggressive dog fight, uh, coaching scheme uh, changes that will happen throughout, you know, plenty of adjustments. So it's going to be a really fun series to watch if you're a basketball fan, but probably not very high scoring, just given the, uh, the talent that's on both. So on, on both squads. Yeah. So I kind of tweeted this out uh, maybe right after the Bucks game. Can I bet the under in every single game of the series? So <laughs> It's going to be skewed down. Maybe it's not the best idea in the world, but I do think there is a correlated bet here where if you think a team's going to win, a little sprinkle on top of the first band of like Miami to win by one to four. Right. I think a lot of these games are going to be tight all the way down to the wire, low variance, low low scoring. I think it could be an interesting little sprinkle bet on top. I feel that. I definitely feel that. Um, and I, I was listening to a Buckets podcast on the Action Network yesterday, and I think Matt Moore was really, really on this over five and a half series price for – for the heat um, or for the game or excuse me. Yeah. Series. And I think that was at minus minus one sixty two. Um, You can do it over six and a half at plus odds. I think it was like plus 200. So um, I think this game, I think the series is going to go seven. Like these teams are just so similar and uh, I don't see any of them laying down, uh, which is going to be interesting to see like the flip side of that, 
the Warriors and, and Mavericks that they could get very, very spicy here, man. Yeah, so let's talk about that because I think that everybody in our community, the gambling community, is one of two ways. And mostly the first way, which is the Mavs can actually win this series and go to the NBA Finals. I think that a lot of people are putting a lot of sharp money behind the Mavs to win this series. The matchup appears to be really good. It seems like Luka, his over on points, is going to go nuts every game. He's expected to score like 40 every game against this Warriors defense. And everybody's kind of hating on the Warriors a little bit. You know, their defense isn't great. They don't exactly have all of their scoring. Like Poole didn't play great in the last series. Clay is, he had a great game six, but he's still not all the way back. Who's defending the, the middle? Like they're just not the Warriors that we remember. It's right. more like a shitty version of like the first 2015 championship that they had, right? Yeah. Um, So it'll be interesting to see, but... A lot of people believe that the Mavs can get this done. I don't know that I'm one of them. I'm kind of in the camp where the Warriors are still 17-0 and in the Western Conference playoffs with Kerr and their whole deal. So you got to prove it to me first. And five games ago, we thought this Mavs team was trash and they were going to be in the Bahamas in a week. So how much, <laughs> how much can change really in five games? It could just be a matter of classic Chris Paul just shitting his pants down the way. That happens. That happened. So I don't know. Yeah, I I think uh, so. Another to shout out another boy on my on my uh, action squad here. Raheem Palmer was talking about it. Um, he's going on the greener pastures. Been great working with him. But he was talking about how like it seems like in this two in this later in this newer era of basketball, the younger guys are seemingly winning out here. And like the only time you ever saw the old guys dominate was really in like the nineties with like Jordan and Karl Malone and. You know, so, and like Hakeem Olajuwon got his ring kind of late in his career too. Um, but like, you got to expect, man, like this is kind of a changing of the guard here because Luca is like single-handedly a mismatch on every person he gets. Like they're hunting certain people. So if he hunted Chris Paul in the first round, what makes you think he's not going to hunt Stephen or Steph Curry in, in round in the, in the conference finals, right? Yeah. Like you're going to have to hide him. And are you going to put him up against Clay Thompson? He's still a good defender, but like he's still like removed from an Achilles injury and, a, and an ACL, like back to back. Like, yeah, I, I would give Luca that matchup. So then, like Draymond, Draymond's like he didn't play well against the Memphis Grizzlies. So, you know, part of me thinks is like, is this team kind of peaked? Are we have we already witnessed their ceiling, and we're only just getting to? We're just seeing the peak, Luca, because like I mean, he has them shooting out. I mean, they're shooting crazy. Spencer Dinwiddie went off for 30 in the in, in the in game six. That's not gonna happen every time, but he did drop 24 in the last game that they played. Um, first game that he that he actually was acquired by the Dallas Mavericks against the Warriors. So, like, I think he thinks he can get a bucket against them. And shouts to Pat Bev again. No one was scared of the Phoenix Suns. Clearly, that's true because Dorian Finney Smith was cooking them, Maxi Kleba was cooking them, Dwight Powell. Like, who are these guys? So I don't think that they're scared. I mean, sure, they're going to be more concerned about Steph Curry and the Splash Brothers and even Jordan Poole a little bit more. But I think Jason Kidd has done a great job of coaching this team up to say, yo, we got the best player in the game right now, on putting the putting this, this squad on our back. He can get 25 to 30 easily on this squad. I just need y'all to make some shots. And I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility, man. I personally think that the Warriors will figure it out and get it together, and I think it's a really good thing for them that they have home court. I think home court is certainly going to matter here, um, but it's not easy going to Dallas either, but I think home court is going to win out here. I don't know quite know the number. I feel like Warriors and six feels like the right move, 
but I wouldn't be surprised if it went seven either. I I'm on the side of I talked about it the 17 and 0 with Kerr. Like this is an experienced team. Dallas has never been here. Luca has never you know, fine. You give him the Euro League, whatever he won MVP in his He's got plenty of time to like, but I feel like there's always these young players that have to get over that adversity and like get over that great squad before they become that squad. And this exactly. is like a perfect setup for that, right? Yeah. It's kind of what Boston, like Boston lost the Eastern Conference Finals in the bubble to the Heat. They learned a lot. They got their opportunity, albeit right. it wasn't the Eastern Conference Finals, but to take out the champ in the Bucks, and they got it done in Game 7 and in Game 6. Like, I feel like this is the year that the Mavs learn what they have to do, and then they come back next year, and then maybe next year is the year. But imagine, I'm not going to put it. Imagine yeah. DeAndre Ayton on the, on the Mavericks. I don't hate that. I don't hate it. You get a real uh, front court player. I mean, because I mean, we don't know what's going on with Phoenix, but he's definitely not re-signing there. Would you agree? No, he's, no, he's gonna, but he's gonna end up in like Indiana or something. <laughs> like it, it just, it's bound to happen. Trade for Miles Turner. Or something. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Good. Like a signing, a sign trade. Give sign eight trade in the max, <laughs> and Miles Turner comes back. Like there's no real difference for Phoenix. Yeah, I don't know. It'll yeah. be interesting to see what the Mavericks end up doing next year. But for this year, Mavericks plus four and a half in Game One. I think this line opened at either five and a half or six, mm-hmm. come down significantly. The total is 214 and a half. Serious price that I have in front of me right now Golden State minus 225, Dallas plus 185. I get why Dallas plus 185. I feel like there's going to be a point in the series where that number is going to be way lower than that. So I, I'd probably, if you like Dallas, go throw that bet in right now. Yeah. Are you laying the points with the Warriors in game one? <sighs> yeah. I'm really torn here because, you know, Dallas had to travel. They so they went to Phoenix, back to Dallas. Then they got to go to San Francisco. Right, it's a little dicey, but they did have an extra day of rest. I think this Warriors team is going to come out. I kind of like them more first half than I do for game, but I do think that they put a little shock into the Mavericks. They they know what they're doing. I I think that they come out strong in the first quarter or first half. I don't know about the game. I can see the Mavericks closing out strong and getting a second win later on in the game. Yeah, it's a good point, and I, I think. You know, going off the momentum of what the Warriors did in, in game six, uh, game seven of their series, I think Clay Thompson is like finding that groove in the right time, like with his shooting stroke. And I think he's going to be the he's going to have to be the X factor in the series, along with I mean, I think Jordan Poole will be fine, too. But I think they're going to need at least 23, 24 points consistently out of Clay Thompson because Steph Curry struggled against this team in the regular season. I think first game he shot like nine for 24. Um, he didn't amass over I don't think any of the games in the four games that they played, I don't think he had over 24, 23 points in any of them. And, you know, the lineup was fluctuated between Draymond not being in lineups and Clay not being in lineups. But, I mean, Dallas won the series three to one. And um, I don't know. I think that this is the hottest team in basketball right now. So it's kind of hard to, like, bet against them, which is why I agree with you. I would probably take first half or first, first quarter for the Warriors. They come out hot, you know, a couple threes, get the crowd into it. And then the Mavericks kind of settle in and pick their spots. And then you see them kind of catch up and, and get more into this game and kind of feel out uh, the Warriors a little bit better. Yeah. The other thing about the Warriors is this may be the last ride. I don't know, but I feel like they're getting up there in age where there's not too many more chances with this group and the chance to cement your legacy with a fourth championship and a sixth trip to the finals. Yeah. I mean, that's putting you up there in really, really elite all-time category. Absolutely. With, with you know, the Spurs dynasty, Lakers dynasty, mm-hmm. Bulls dynasty. You're, you're up there at that point. So 
I, I think that that first game, man, that crowd is just going to be rocking. I know it's not the old Oakland spot, but man, I, 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 I think that they're going to be rocking. So I, I like that first quarter bet. Don't know about the rest of the game. The player that I'm most interested in terms of X factors in this series, I want to see if the Warriors just go balls to the wall. Kaminga, put him on Luka. Let's see what the rookie can do. He's really talented. He's good defensively, and he talks to everybody. Like He definitely doesn't play like a rookie, but Luka, his eyes might be a little bit too big for uh, for Luka at this point. I think they're going to need him because of his size. Like Otto Porter is going to be – he's already on the injury report. He's probably not going to play. Andre Iguodala is nowhere to be seen. He's not going to come back probably. I mean, he's, he's old now. Um, you're running out of bodies. And I think Jonathan Kaminga matches up really well because he's physical. He's got the body. He's got the height, the, the arm length. I think he's like actually a guy like assuming now that's the thing that Luke is really good at. He can get people into foul trouble and like being that he's very young. Like, well, they're both pretty young, but Kaminga's a rookie. Um, I think he could probably get him into foul trouble if he like gets really crafty about it. So they're going to have to manage the minutes appropriately, but I think they can figure out a nice rotation of how they're going to be switching Draymond to get some minutes on them. Clay, you know, Kaminga, um, probably Damian Lee will probably uh, get in there a little bit as well. Um, Kevon Looney's probably going to get some minutes, but you know, with them running that, that, that five and out, you know, I think we're going to see a lot of Davis Bertans. We're going to see a lot of Maxi Kleba. So Kevon Looney might be rendered useless, you know, by like game two, kind of similar to what you see with Steven Adams in, in a couple series ago, how he just kind of got played out of the series because they're trying to play the stretch five, uh, very spaced out top style of play. It is going to be a really interesting matchup. I find this this series much more attractive than Boston Miami, even though it's probably two worst teams. But right, man, I I love to see. I think it's going to be a great Luca Luca Steph, man. That's going to be this is going to be a great series, man. This is like where legacies are made, man. I'm I'm really excited for it. It's going to be great. All right, um, do you have any future bets for the NBA that you're looking at right now? Anything NBA finals, MVP? Yeah, like so the newly anointed Eastern Conference MVP and Western Conference MVP, Larry Bird Trophy and the Magic Johnson Trophy. Did you watch Winning Time? Great freaking series. Yeah, I did. It was it was awesome. Amazing. Uh, it, especially so for a Lakers good. fan, it's so good. So good. And I know that Jerry West bitched about it. He was my Fuck favorite him. character. That was my favorite character. I Easily. loved him so much. He should be honored. Like he's probably the most talked about person in that series, man. Because like they, even if he's not that way in real life, he still is like that. Of course, that's kind of how Jerry West has to be. You cannot be salty that you only got one ring and you're the logo, right? Like, come on, you got to have that constant like angst and like pissed offness behind it. I loved Jason Clark's character so much in yeah. that. It was it was awesome, and I, I love the it. series. Um, I don't care if anyone's mad about it. I don't care if anyone hates on the Lakers. <laughs> that was my team. So yeah, that was, Max. that was absolutely awesome. Anyways, continue. But yeah. Um, but yeah, so my, my Eastern conference MVP bets, um, because I believe in the heat and the best player on the heat is Jimmy Butler. I took him at plus two ten to be Eastern conference, uh, conference finals MVP, but I also sprinkled a little bit on Jalen Brown, um, at plus 900. Right now it's gotten down to plus 730. I bet it like real late a couple of days ago. And um, I think that there's value on him mainly just because of the numbers and how successful he was against this Heat team in the regular season. Or uh, yeah, against this Heat team in the regular season. And um, if Tatum struggles, I think that Jalen Brown's going to be the one. Like all these awards are usually won on scoring, scoring and the winning team. So that's kind of my hedge. If Miami, if Miami loses, you know, maybe I, if I don't pick them in the series, I'll still have Jalen Brown potentially be that MVP. I like that one. 
I like it a lot. Uh, I don't have anything in terms of futures bets. I am going to end up betting as soon as this is over. I'm going to end up betting the NBA draft odds because that's what I do best. I love yeah, the draft. Dude. I'm going to end up betting it. I can't wait till NBA draft pod, man. It's or NBA. It's going to be awesome. Cannot wait. All right, so let's move over, close out the show with a little NFL Week 1 action. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we'll talk about this for the next five months, but fun to get some bets potentially on the board. Uh, first game, they gave us a great one. Buffalo plus one at the Rams over under 52 and a half. Were there any – let's start here. Were there any lines that where you're like, holy shit, I have to bet this right now? Yeah, I was uh, stalking my, my, my colleagues and, uh, man – under Ravens and Jets just seems juicy. Chris Raybon killed that. I bet that got got and it's already moved up. It was actually uh, when he said it, it was like uh, forty under forty five. It's out to forty five and a half, so you can still get some yeah. value there. Um, play that down to forty four. But yeah, it just makes a ton of sense. Despite the Jets' great draft, you know they're they only averaged sixteen points with Zach Wilson under center last year. The problems with the Ravens, you know, their injuries. Their defense is going to get better. Like they were the most injury riddled the secondary last year. So Zach Wilson is going to have hell to pay in week one with a fully healthy Ravens lineup. Plus you look at, you know, the Ravens, they got rid of Hollywood Brown. You know, they don't only really have anybody left. It's like Rashad Bateman and a bunch of dudes. So at this point, like where's the explosiveness coming from with Lamar Jackson, they only let up 20, they only averaged 24 points last year with him under center and the running back by committee carousel, man, JB, JK Dobbins isn't back yet. Gus Edwards isn't back yet. They signed Mike Davis. It's gross. So, you know, I'm taking the under on that one. That one seems just too obvious. All right. So a couple of ones that jumped out to me, and then I want to talk about this Bills-Rams game. So yeah. uh, home dogs week one, people just completely underestimating teams. Love to bet on that. So Chicago Bears plus six and a half against the San Francisco 49ers. If it's Trey Lance against Justin Fields, is, is there a real a difference in the quarterbacks at this point? I don't think no. so. So I mean, and yeah. we don't even know what's going on with Debo either. So, yeah. I'm with you on that one. Give me Bears plus six and a half. Give me the Houston Texans plus seven and a half at home against the Indianapolis Colts. Hey, Hey, we did this last year. The Texans were plus three and a half at home against the Jacksonville Jaguars, and we won going away. So give me Houston week one plus seven and a half over a touchdown in division. Like, Houston's not that bad. We don't know what the Colts are going to be yet. So, So that one. And then the one that I actually have bet thus far, and it came way down. I bet the under on Kansas City, Arizona at 56. It's now sitting at 53 and a half. Wow. That line. Genius. Well, I saw that line come out. It was insane. <laughs> 56 points in week one. Like, okay, Kansas City's offense is going to take some time to get going. Arizona's not going to have D Hop. And who the hell knows about Kyler? So, yeah, give me that 56. I still think 53 and a half is ridiculous. I think it's going to close at like 51 or 51 and a half. Yeah, it's funny you said that. I was just actually looking up before we got on here. Um, I was going to take the Kansas City Chiefs minus three or potentially the money line at one at one fifty six right now because Andy Reid is eight and one straight up since being with the Chiefs in Week One, six won seven games straight. He's fifteen. Uh, let's see here, sixteen and eight, fifteen and eight. He is sixteen and eight straight up in Week One overall as a head coach. And you know, with all that turmoil you just talked about with with Kyler and his contract and D hop being out six games. I'm fading cliff in week one, man. I'm, I'm going to go with the, with, with Mahomes and the chiefs there minus three. That just seems like, that seems like too little for a team. That's like always putting points on the board in, in week one. Now th- they are averaging like over 31 points, but you still got to get points on the other side. So the 56 to me still seems a bit rich. I mean, you're still at 
31-24. You, you yeah. still cover. So yeah. still a lot of points. 24 yeah. is not, nothing to sneeze at. Right. Uh, the, the one favorite on the board that I, you know, I'll wait till Monday night, but that Seattle team is just going to be so gross. I think it's being underrated how bad they're going to be. And I think this Denver team, even though I don't right. think they're going to win the division, I don't even know if they're going to finish second in the division, but they're a lot better than four and a half points better. Even if you take home field and Seattle into account, let's put it at seven and a half points. Yeah, I don't care. Seattle's Drew Lock fucking stinks. We know this. <laughs> Drew Lock stinks. So unless Seattle somehow ends up with Baker Mayfield, which they might, uh, I'm going to be laying the wood on Monday Night Football for sure. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, we got to we got to get into the whole the whole slate of this because I think there's definitely some good some good value out there right now that you can get in May that you probably won't get as we get closer training camp and OTAs and all that type of stuff. All right, we will talk about that more in the future. That does it for episode 77 of Gambling with Gold. We will be back soon. I will be back tomorrow with the PGA Championship odds with Spencer Aguiar. And Dan, we will talk next week. Go to Champions Run app and go play Daily Dozen and 7-6 for your chance to win cash and that Giannis jersey. All right, we will uh, talk to you soon. Peace. 